0: Don't get any ideas, Mr. Bond. Tishan to your court. Tishan to each other team. We can
1: do whatever we want. Nothing matters. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of The Complete Works, season 3. A deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith and joining me on this journey into the Yoaverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath... Mike Dupreech, how
0: are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. I'm excited... To dot, 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 to talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Um. Question mark?
1: Yeah, so, you know, Mike, a couple of weeks ago... We talked about a movie called Crazy Rich Asians.
0: We sure uh, did.
1: Which is a, a pretty notable example of a romantic comedy released in theaters at a time where the genre isn't really getting a ton of theatrical attention and ended up being a very big hit, both critically and financially. Uh, so this time around, we're talking about not just another rom-com, but also a Christmas movie, which is also a genre that has really died down over the last 20 years. What was the last movie that was released in theaters that you would say is like widely regarded as a Christmas classic,
0: Mike? N- none. I can't think of a single <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't like Christmas movies, and so I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm generally not a huge Christmas movie guy yeah. outside of the kind of, uh, you know, prescribed canon as it exists already. Uh, I'm not one of those people that like is all down for the, the hallmark. 100 days of christmas or whatever the hell they do where it's just like all the christmas movies on the christmas on the Hallmark channel and Lifetime and all that stuff so i don't i don't really know i don't super pay attention to these kinds of movies a lot and i can't remember one that has come out in recent years <laughs> That's uh, like yeah, I, I would
1: say in recent years, um and I'm not saying these are like widespread, like widely regarded as classics, but I know this was not in theaters, but the Netflix animated movie Claws, um is supposed to be good. I have not actually seen that. Okay. um, and then there was Arthur Christmas uh, a couple of years before that, which was in theaters. Yeah, uh, I've never seen that either. <laughs> um, but I know that's that was a movie that was well received at least. Um, uh, but honestly, like to go back to one that was, like, widely regarded as like a Christmas classic that people still watch today. Every year this movie comes up. Uh, I have to go back to the year 2003. Whoa. And, and, uh, for that year was, uh, both elf and love actually came out.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess elf. Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, and, and genuinely like I saw Elf in theaters. I loved it at the time and have watched it since. I think there's still very funny stuff in that movie. It holds up, uh, still widely regarded as a, a classic Christmas film. Uh, cause that's the thing. One of the things about making like a really good Christmas or Halloween movie or whatever, that movie will live forever as a movie
0: that gets watched every year around that time of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you get, you get kind of a a built in, uh, I don't know if cult is the right word, but, um, (laughs) you know, repeat viewings, people that'll, that'll grow up with it or whatever. Um, you know, it's a wonderful life and all that stuff for us. Uh, you know, that kind of, that kind of situation.
1: Yeah. And so it does make me wonder like why there hasn't been more attempts at that in recent years. Uh, like basically since, I mean, there have been a couple of movies since elf that have tried it. Uh, I think, and you know, like the mid two thousands you have, your like Christmas with the cranks, Right. Uh, like that kind of thing. Uh, the Santa Claus three, anything with Tim Allen really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like that kind of stuff. But, uh, y- you know, I-, I, feel like the Christmas genre, uh, really died down over the last 20 years or so. Um, so it's, you know, the, the movie that we're talking about today it is a stab at being like a heartwarming Christmas film on top of being a rom-com. So both genres that, uh, theaters have not been kind to in the last like 15 years.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like I feel like uh at least Christmas movies have moved to uh TV and stuff, T V movies and like, sure, special yeah. events, um stuff like that. And but but uh, Puffy, you know, kind of the king of modern day rom com stuff, I guess, right? Like uh... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Seems so like his uh, wall, his wheelhouse, it, it, I think it's certainly in his
1: wheelhouse. And of course, Paul Feig, uh, director of bridesmaids, um, which is, you know, a more of a raunchy comedy, but has a romantic element in it as well, obviously. Uh, so unlike crazy rich Asians, today's film, not as well received, uh, even though on paper, Sounded pretty good. Um, it's directed by Paul Feig, uh, creator of Freaks and Geeks, director of Bridesmaids. Uh, it's got a script co written by Emma Thompson, uh, who also right. appears in the film. Uh, it's got Henry Golding and Amelia Clark as its leads, uh, both kind of breakout stars. Henry Golding, of course, was in Crazy Rich Asians just a year earlier, and Amelia Clark just off of Game of Thrones. And it's got a soundtrack that samples heavily from Wham! So, you know, where did it go wrong? <laughs> what could it go wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Tragic. Uh, exactly. So, since Michelle Yeoh is in it, We have got to talk about it. It is time for 2019's Last Christmas.
0: Look, okay, it's not my fault.
1: I bet nothing's ever your fault, is it, darling? You have thrown away your life working in some silly Christmas shop. Hey, elf! This is my little
0: helper. I have nicknamed her Lazy the Elf because she appears never to work. Father, don't only Christmas. Get me out of here.
1: What? Jesus, where'd you come from?
0: Well, what are you looking at?
1: I'd be a falcon.
0: Oh, damn it.
1: I, I think you just pooed in your eye.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: It's good luck, you know. What is? Get pooed on my birds.
0: I'm busy. You're weird. Goodbye. You've missed five doctor's appointments. Mum is scared. Oh, no.
1: So, uh, tell me about sleep.
0: She never sleeps. sleeps. Exercise?
1: Not at all. Alcohol? Oh, she's drinking
0: like the pirate. Well, okay, fine. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time. Let's go, Mum. Whoa! (gasps) You! Again. What do you mean? Again? Did you follow me here?
1: Are elves always so cynical?
0: Yes. Relentlessly. These are dark times. I'm Tom. Kate. here we are. This is this the bit where you murder me?
1: So what is it that you do?
0: I sing. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, boring, boring, boring. I'm not bored. You are so strange.
1: <laughs>
0: where are you going? we in there. Well, you're not homeless?
1: No, I volunteer here.
0: <laughs> Why didn't you just get same tattooed on your forehead?
1: You were great at your job when you started, but now it's like you don't care anymore.
0: Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. Can I help? I'm a mess. I was really sick and I nearly died. I don't tell people because they get weird. But I don't think you'll get weird. No. I'm just scared all the time. They just expect me to be normal and get on with life. There's no such thing as normal. Just being a human being is hard. Maybe you should do something nice for someone. Deck the halls with bells of
1: holly, la 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 la-la-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly.
0: Oh boy. I've been volunteering at the shelter. Seriously? That sounds like a healthy choice. What's wrong with you? I've been trying to find you. You keep disappearing. And then when I do bump into you, accidentally, I might add.
1: It wasn't accidental.
0: You Why me? It's always going to be you. A you like? You're gonna make mistakes, and that's okay. You're made of everything you do. You can't be in here! Not with so you got to do what you say, Freedom!
1: So, this film was uh, something of a passion project for Emma Thompson. Really? That's, a, that's that's not a sentence you expected me to say, did it? Was it that's
0: <laughs> a twist? That is a big twist.
1: Yeah. And Emma Thompson, of course, we've actually talked about before on this podcast in the context of another romantic comedy. Uh, 1989's The Tall Guy, uh, yeah. starring Jeff Goldblum, which rules. That movie is fantastic. I was
0: hoping for half half a tall guy like you know just give me half a tall guy that's all i really want that's all i need and wasn't that her screen her film debut also
1: i believe it was or like at least one of her first movies for sure but yeah Yeah. i think it was her actual like first ever movie uh and she had been working in tv for a few years before that too she was kind of known in the british sketch circles and all that kind of stuff but emma thompson uh began writing the screenplay to this movie in 2010 this movie came out in 2019 uh so began writing the screenplay in 2010 with her husband greg wise uh who was now actor. She met on the set of uh, Sense and Sensibility. They've been married ever since. Good for them. Yeah, just throwing that out there. I thought that was nice. Uh, So the film finally started to come together in 2018 uh, when Emma Thompson personally sent the script to director Paul Feig, who had just come off of making what I think might be his best movie, A Simple Favor.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, that movie rules.
1: Yeah, big fan of that movie. Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick, also Henry Golding. He's popping up everywhere.
0: <laughs> Can't get enough of him in 2018 and 2019. Exactly. Uh, he was the Joseph Gordon-Levitt of the late 2010s. <laughs> <That's, laughs> Love a good podcast crossover joke. <laughs> that, that's a callback
1: to a joke on the other podcast, which came out last week. Uh, <laughs> he was not interested in doing another Christmas comedy, Paul Feig, uh, because his first film was unaccompanied minors, um, which I remember flat, that movie. Yeah, it flopped at the box office. Didn't do well, and so Paul Feig was like, "I don't know about this. I don't know if Christmas movies are uh, really profitable anymore." But Emma Thompson convinced him otherwise, and so a cast began to set into place. And hot off the success of Crazy Rich Asians, both Michelle Yeoh and Henry Golding were cast in this movie.
0: I mean, there's no better time to get the cast of Crazy Rich Asians
1: than yes. Like, y- then a year after Crazy Rich Asians, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really dragging their feet making the sequel, so you might as well get the cast of Crazy <laughs> Rich Asians. yeah, right? Uh, so Michelle Yo plays Santa, uh, the manager of a Christmas store, uh, where the main character Kate works, and Henry Golding plays Tom, the quirky guy that Kate falls in love with, who may or may not be a ghost. Just gonna throw that uh, out yes. there. So
0: you're gonna start that
1: so early, you're already gonna bring that up, <laughs> you know, you know what? Here's the thing. You may not remember this, Mike. I saw Last Christmas in theaters. I do remember, uh, and there were trailers for this movie, as there are for all movies. Uh, and the trailer heavily hints that Tom is a ghost. Like it tells really, it, it it falls just short of telling you that Tom is a ghost. Uh, and I remember seeing that trailer and being like, "There's no way he's actually a ghost." And then seeing it in the theater, I was with my girlfriend who likes the movie. I, I want to say to be clear, she likes the movie. I do not. Um, But she likes it. And I remember turning to her and being like, I think it was the first moment when she like meets Tom. And I realized that like nobody else is interacting with this guy. (laughs) Like nobody else is acknowledging him on the street. I turned to her. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a ghost. And she's like, no, that's too crazy. That's too stupid. That would never happen. And then when it was revealed that he is in fact a ghost, she looked at me with the most fury I've ever seen. (laughs) Like so mad that I was right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Incredible
1: about Tom being a ghost—that's bananas. Yeah, so we'll we'll of course talk about the twist uh, in depth. I think uh, in a little bit. Uh, Kate herself is played by Amelia Clark, and this movie came out just a few months after Game of Thrones ended. Uh, Game of Thrones ended in like June 2019, I think, and uh, this was like November 2019, so just a few months later.
0: That's not a great time to be Amelia Clark (laughs) associated (laughs) with Game of Thrones. (laughs) The we were say this came out right before season seven. We'd like, oh, wow, yeah, pretty yeah, good. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is hot stuff right now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this was kind of positioned as her first big project after the show. Like, the show is over, and now Amelia Clark is free to do whatever she wants, ostensibly, and uh, this is kind of the first thing that she's up to. It's like a, a romantic comedy. And I think she had done one other romance movie before, uh, Me Before You is the name of it, which is more of a romantic drama. Terminator um, Genisys, no. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie sucks. Uh, was,
0: it, was it Genesis? Is that the
1: one she's in? Yeah, that's the one she's in. Uh, Terminator Genesis, which uh, I was I think we reviewed on the podcast. And I remember I I don't remember anything from the movie, (laughs) Um, partially because it was awful and partially because I met my friend right beforehand. And we each had like three mini bottles of Jameson, like right (laughs) Like Perfect beforehand. Uh so made for like, you know, a pleasant viewing experience just because like my mind was out of its gourd kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um but uh yeah, it was Terminator genesis, no good. And honestly, I I look at Amelia Clark's career decisions post-Game of Thrones and I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. I, I feel like she has tried to latch onto several different franchises, uh, and all of them have like fallen short in some way. There was Terminator, uh, there was Solo, a Star Wars story, right. uh, and most recently, she was in Secret Invasion, the uh, MCU TV show on Disney Plus, no. uh, which is a show like, and, I, and I'm saying this as somebody who generally gives a pass to a lot of Marvel things. That show fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's awful. And uh, it's, I, I'm watching her on that show and being like, what are you doing? You were in Game
0: of Thrones. Come on. <laughs> that sucks.
1: Uh, so yeah, there's that. Ho- hopefully, she, I think she's actually very charming in this movie and I hope that she can maybe yeah. do more stuff like this.
0: You know? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree that she, that she you know, I, I feel like she's in a lot of stuff that's not good but I don't think she's ever really bad like in this she's she's fine she's good she's like yeah. she you know she it, she's doing what she's got to do and she's pretty good in it yeah um, and, I, and I like her a lot in Game of Thrones um,
1: yeah. as well I think she's very good in that show I feel like there have been a lot of people who have been like oh she wasn't very good or whatever like I've, I've heard people say that they don't like her on the show uh, but I, I think she's really good especially at selling the fictional language that um, she has yes. to speak for like three quarters of her dialogue that's true yeah <laughs> uh, that's like my <laughs> main thing is like that's that's got to be really hard good for her
0: <laughs> yeah she nailed it
1: yes um but yeah from there emma thompson plays kate's mother petra uh Ridu Arya from the umbrella academy and polite society plays jenna one of kate's friends uh fabian frankel who is now on house of the dragon as sir Kristen cole uh plays fabian game of thrones connections happening there yeah look at that ansu kabia who is playing the huntsman in the upcoming snow white remake for disney uh he plays rufus jenna's husband Uh, Peter Meigand plays Boy, the guy that has his own side romantic story happening with Michelle Yeoh uh, (laughs) throughout the film. Uh, Broadway legend and recent "Bo is Afraid superstar, Patti LuPone uh, <laughs> yes. plays plays a customer in the Christmas shop. Uh, Sue Perkins from the Great British Bake Off plays the Ice Show director. Rob Delaney from Catastrophe and Deadpool 2 plays the theater director. And Peter Serafinowicz from Shaun of the Dead and The Tick plays the theater producer. And also Andrew Ridgely from Wham, the other guy in Wham, uh, has a cameo in the audience at the end of the movie. <laughs> I was wondering, like, this, this is a close up of just a random guy. He yep. must be somebody. <laughs> yep, he's the guy from when <laughs> <There it is. laughs> the one that isn't George Michael, of course. Yes. Uh, Last Christmas written by Emma Thompson and Briony Kimmings, a British playwright. And it was directed by Paul Feig one year after A Simple Favor and three years before his next film, The School for Good and Evil, uh, which also features Michelle Yeoh. That's right. Yes. So we're we'll talking about that movie at some point. Uh, he is currently working on an action comedy called Grand Death Lao. Uh, which stars John Cena, Aquafina, and Simuliu. So I hope that one's good.
0: Yeah. That has a lot of potential to either be
1: yeah, <laughs> the best or the worst. Uh, I mean, I, I find myself, I'm generally. I generally like Paul Feig's stuff. Uh, and, you know, he, he gets a lifetime pass for me for creating Freaks and Geeks. Fair. Uh, that, that's big. Um, but, you know, I really love Bridesmaids. It's also one of my girlfriend's favorite movies, so I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, more more I've seen it more in recent years than I have in the previous 10 years of Bridesmaids' existence. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like Bridesmaids a lot. That movie's great. Uh, I thought The Heat was okay. I really like Spy. Um, Spy is really fun. Uh, I think the 2016 Ghostbusters movie is better than a lot of people give it credit for. Uh, it doesn't all work, but I think there's some funny stuff there. Uh, and I think A Simple Favor is great. Like Simple Favor rules. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in general, I like Paul Feig's filmography. I have not watched The School for Good and Evil yet because I've been saving it for the Michelle Yeoh podcast. For the pod, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Br- broadly, I agree with you overall. Um, I haven't seen a lot of those, like the Heat and Spy, uh, but I do know that they're supposed to be pretty good. Um, oh, you never seen Spy? I never saw Spy. Yeah, I'm writing that down. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, if if nothing else, like it's it's you know it's a very funny Melissa McCarthy movie, uh, and honestly, I think Paul Feig is one of the only ones that can make funny Melissa McCarthy movies.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Um, but
1: also, Jason Statham is unbelievable in Spy. He's so good in it. Nice. And Rose Byrne is the villain, and I love Rose Byrne. So that's there's awesome. That.
0: So yeah, going into Last Christmas, you had given me uh, a little bit of a heads up of that. It like it. It literalizes the uh, the wham <laughs> Christmas song. Uh, yes, I did. And well, you know, we'll get to
1: that in a second, Mike, but I got to run down the other movies that came out this oh, weekend.
0: I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. I was so okay. excited to talk about yeah. last Christmas.
1: <laughs> uh, so last Christmas was released on November 8th, 2019, uh, where it opens number four at the box office behind three new releases. There's a lot of new movies that came out this weekend. OK. Uh, Roland Emmerich's Midway, a World War Two movie, took the number one spot. Uh, did you ever see Midway, Mike? I did not, but I, I remember seeing trailers for it and I kind of wanted to see it just being like, oh, Roland Emmerich. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Um, heard not great things about it. Uh, really, if the moon's not falling in a Roland Emmerich movie, no interest. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep came Ooh. out this weekend. Uh, the sequel to The Shining, which rules. Uh, that was number two at the box office. And Playing With Fire, a comedy where John Cena has to babysit kids, was number three. <laughs> <laughs> Classic big guy movie. Yes. Uh, a rite of passage for all action stars to uh, yes. make a movie where they have to babysit kids. Uh, also in the top 10 were Terminator Dark Fate. Speaking of Terminator Genesis, uh, Dark Fate was all right. Was yeah. Solid. Uh, way better than Genesis. <laughs> uh, Maleficent Mistress of Evil, Harriet, Zombieland Double Tap, and The Addams Family. And oh, wait, there is there's actually one more movie on this list, Mike. Um, let's see. Uh, before I bring it out, could I introduce this Joker. <laughs> You son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> don't make me pull this podcast over
1: <laughs> just, just, just ptsd flashbacks yeah. from all of 2020 when i did, did that joke the entire time it's all coming back at you my god <laughs> uh yeah joker was also in the top 10 this weekend i want to say it was probably in it's like fourth or fifth week or something like that made a billion dollars joker that's uh, fucked up the world crazy. is fucked up joker made a billion dollars got nominated for best picture at the oscars what a world we live in uh, we're not joker worth two, saving. coming
0: out next year <laughs> Yeah, Folly Adieu or whatever they're calling it, right? Yes. Uh, Lady
1: Gaga playing Harley Quinn.
0: I don't know. That could be cool.
1: I, I, apparently it's a musical. <laughs> I, I'm into it. I don't know. I, I like the audacity behind it. <laughs>
0: I don't want to be around
1: anymore. Uh, and that's totally fair. That's a fair reaction to have. Uh, <laughs> the IMD plot synopsis for Last Christmas Reads. Kate is a young woman described to bad decisions. Working as an elf in a year-round Christmas store is not good for the wannabe singer. However, she meets Tom there. Her life takes a new turn that seems too good to be true. Uh, so, yeah, going into it, Mike, what did you expect from last Christmas and what did you get coming out of it?
0: Um, yeah, so like I said, you told me that it's like, yeah, it's basically the like literal version of the the last the song by wham last christmas yes Uh,
1: and and when you see the credits it says inspired by the song last christmas by wham
0: yeah so like you know last christmas i gave you my heart and i was like huh so to me i immediately pictured because i'm a a weird little guy like some like temple of doom style giving of a heart (laughs) um and i was really just waiting for whenever like the Voodoo black magic shit was going to kick in, and then it's like, oh, heart trans- heart transplant. That makes yeah. that's the that's the logical obvious. That's a lot one. more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs>
1: um, would, would
0: I have preferred the Kali Ma version <laughs> of uh, Last Christmas? Who's to say? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, <laughs> just eagerly awaiting somebody to like open a heart a cupboard and it'd be like a heart staple to the wall or some fucked up shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, but th- that that notwithstanding. It's fine. I don't know. Last Christmas is okay. It's a Christmas movie about a, a Amelia Clark is a alcoholic homeless person. I don't really know. She's you know <laughs> been kicked out by her family, and they're having family problems at home. And she's kind of couch surfing and and meeting men every night, so she will have somewhere to sleep. She ruins all the her friends' lives that she interacts with, and then she meets Tom Henry Golding. And what an angel he turns into he is, and then literally he's an angel, um, you know. And yeah, he kind of he kind of gives her a new new philosophy a new spin on life to always look up, right? That the things you're not noticing from your your daily rat race. And um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really buy the reveal with 30 minutes left in the movie. They're like, oh, he's been dead the whole time. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, but but I think overall, it's like. Mostly fine. I think it's kind of cheesy and schmaltzy, but it's a Christmas movie. It's a rom com. It's going to be those things. I think Amelia Clark and Hedley Golding are actually really fun together. I think they do have really good chemistry and and they beautiful people and fun to look at. I don't, like, you know, just on a, on that certain level, I enjoyed them together. I think maybe just all around that the movie doesn't really coalesce into anything that I enjoyed a ton. Uh, so. It's fine. It's fine. Michelle Yeoh, I think, is really funny. I think. I think there is a lot of like, maybe not like laugh out loud funny comedy stuff, but I got there's some chuckles. Like I enjoyed okay. some stuff. Amelia Clark does her character Kate does like one of the most unforgivable things you could do to your sibling in this movie. Um, I guess we'll talk about that too. Oh right, yeah. Where she outs her to her homophobic parents, uh, which is like basically you can't come back from that as main character. I don't think. So it's weird that they chose that. Choice but then eating. she gets her like a bottle of wine or something, right? Yeah. It's, it's all fine. Like, it, it turns out it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is wild. So it takes some interesting choices and um, yeah, it's last, last Christmas. I don't know. It's, it's whatever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so I saw this movie
1: in theaters. I saw it when it came out. Okay. Uh, and I did not like it, um, but I watched it again and was hoping that maybe, you know, having, having seen it and having you know, some space, yeah. Having a little space, maybe knowing what the twist is. I could appreciate certain elements of it a little bit more. And maybe I like it a little bit more. Uh, I think I'd liked it less. I think, Whoa, I, <laughs> I interesting. Think I, I think maybe because I knew everything that was happening, I had a greater dislike for it. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Um, But I I do think there's some charm to be had here. And I I will preface this by saying I've never historically been a big rom-com guy. I know, like, generally speaking, it has never been my genre. Um, But I have grown, like, an appreciation for the genre over the last few years uh, because my girlfriend is very into rom-coms. And so I've watched a lot of them as a result. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and so I've watched a lot of movies that I really enjoyed. Like I, you know, I had never seen 10 things I hate about you before. And think that movie's fantastic. And uh, you know, I've grown to appreciate like, she's the man and stuff like that. Like I, I mm-hmm. appreciate what some of those movies are doing. Uh, Last Christmas takes this trope that exists in a lot of romance movies. Like one of them is actually dead. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, like that, that's something that has just been around. Like since Nicholas Sparks has been writing books, you know, like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and probably before that too. Um I think, most of the time they don't play that as a twist in those other movies. I think it's usually pretty upfront and Mm. sometimes they do. Uh, But I think they're usually pretty upfront about being like, okay, yeah, this character is dead and they're falling in love with this character, but really they're showing them the way to live their life or something like that. Right. Uh, And this one plays the reveal as if it's the sixth
0: sense. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's yes. That is the tone (laughs) (laughs) that this movie has at that moment. But,
1: but the thing is like the sixth sense has a lot of supernatural stuff happening throughout the movie. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of established stuff about being like, Oh, this kid sees dead people and you see and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and really I think using that as a twist has only ever worked in the sixth <laughs> sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so in Last Christmas, there's no supernatural stuff until that happens, and then it's revealed that Henry Golding has met a ghost the whole time. And as somebody who doesn't actually like really believe in ghosts, uh, my only real recourse is to think, okay, so Amelia Clark's actually fucking nuts, like she's insane. Yeah. Had a full psychotic break from reality, and uh, and there's the truly movie, like a mo- there's truly a moment where it like reinforces that, right? Yeah, like, absolutely.
0: It-, <laughs> it gives you a flashback of all the important. Moments in their relationship to show you Amelia Clark was by herself, yeah, and like talking to nobody, not yes. even that like she was skating alone, but like yeah. she's holding like has her arms around <laughs> nobody. Um, horrific, yeah. This movie yeah. turns into a horror movie, yes, for a second. <laughs>
1: Like she's just absolutely bonkers, uh, and so it's just a weird. It's the, I, I think the, the movie itself I think doesn't really work for me before the twist, and then I think the twist just really like kind of like man, this this really doesn't work at all.
0: I think I think if one of us was uh, you know creatively inclined, I we could do an experiment and take that moment and put the Kill Bill sirens in it, <laughs> and I and I think it would play. Like I think
1: yeah. it would work. I think it would for sure. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, the the movie like builds up to this twist. And I think Henry Golding, I mean, the second he walks on screen, he does not seem like a real person, I think is also the thing. I think he's very charming in it. Yeah, I I like Henry Golding. I like him in Crazy Rich Asians. I like him in this. I think he's really good, especially in the climax of Crazy Rich Asians, where he's doing the whole thing on the airport and all, all that kind of stuff. But I think as soon as he shows up, he is like the you know, there there's the uh, trope that has happened for, you know, decades of the manic pixie dream girl. Uh, right. right. And you know, just the kind of like overly quirky person that like kind of gives, gives the other protagonist a new lease on life kind of thing. Yeah. See our uh, uh,
0: discussion about Joseph Gerd Levitt in 500 days of summer.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Zoe de in that movie. Perfect example. Um, uh, yeah, Natalie Portman in Garden State, uh, Kirsten Dunst in Elizabethtown, like all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, without like any kind of real inner life of their own. And they only exist for the, the protagonist and their arc and all that kind of stuff. And Henry Golding is the Manic Pixie Dream Boy uh, in, <laughs> in this movie. 100%. It's one of those things where because I am aware, like because I've seen The Sixth Sense <laughs> and I knew like like I know like, oh, in the Sixth Sense, nobody else interacts with Bruce Willis besides Hilly Joel Osment. So I know that in my head, and yeah. so when I'm watching this movie, I notice nobody else is interacting with <laughs> Henry Golding. Like people are like actively brushing past him on like the uh, on the street, that that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and nobody like seems to acknowledge his presence. I think it's also a thing where you don't actually see his reflection anywhere, um, oh. which I think uh, obviously that's like a deliberate choice by the filmmaker and so that's like a you know a, a clever touch i guess but you know there's a moment when um she's like changing in the street and like she uses him to block her yeah uh and you know obviously he's not there and like these two construction workers walk past and they like do the wolf whistle and she's like you're not doing a very good job of blocking and uh the reason is he's not there
0: he's dead <laughs> he's not there and then the movie flashes back to that moment to show you her changing alone in a door frame. Um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> like a crazy, yeah, horrific. Maybe because I was literally wait, like honestly, straight up was waiting for someone to give someone their heart in a box, uh, <laughs> and especially when the doctor, like and they, they just, just see, collapse on the floor or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to get like they go to the, there's a scene where um, Emma Thompson and Amelia Clark go to the doctor, and the doctor is like, you know, Kate, you really, you really gotta take care of your heart. And I was like, it's coming. It's coming soon. Here we go. But, you know, there, there is such a missed opportunity with the like Christmas season and, you know, the, the Christmas miracles and, and, and like love is the fifth element and like all this, all this stuff, cultural stuff to introduce some supernatural things in this movie. Um, yeah. That like could maybe foreshadow or or make that reveal feel a little more like correct in this universe. Organic, yeah, yeah, organic. Uh, and this movie just, just does not take any of those chances, and just all of a sudden springs this reveal that she's been in a dating her dating a ghost <laughs> um, for <laughs> after an hour in, or an hour into this movie. Um, and it's just yeah, thinking about it in those terms, like, huh? And there's even like the stuff with Michelle Yeoh and Boy that like. Is that the same thing? Like the kind of pump fakes you a little bit that they're having a similar type of relationship, oh, like between before, you know, he's a ghost, I mean, where they just like immediately have this connection when he walks in the store or whatever is going on between the two of them that like you kind of get pump faked into being like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that tom is a real is a real boy even though he like ballerina dances around the streets a lot and does <laughs> things like that um uh, but then they they comment on it like wow you're just like you know are you always like this are you always dance like that but but you, um yeah I, I didn't even notice that nobody else interacts with him ever oh yeah uh, yeah he's he's got a lust for life because he's not alive is <laughs> that? <laughs> that, that's what should have been the tagline yeah that's what the poster
1: should have said. Well, that was spoil the twist, Mike. Um, it's true. Well, like I said, the trailer is basically spoiled the twist. Like, it's, didn't it's,
0: didn't the trailer for Terminator Genesis spoil the, the reveal that John Connor is a Terminator in that movie? Also, right? John Connor is a Terminator in Genesis. I think so. I don't remember anything about Genesis. I, I think
1: I think, so. think you're right. It's like Jason Clarke. It's right? Jason Clarke. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, I believe he is the bad guy. I think he is a Terminator in that movie, or like he is Skynet or something. Yeah, uh, he, or no, they, there, there's like I think there's like um, I want to say Skynet becomes like its own disembodied figure, and it's like the voice of Matt Smith. I want to say in Terminator right. Genesis.
0: There's like an Ultron thing going on with that. You're right. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, they reveal that in the trailer that he is a Terminator, um, and it's like right, yes, like oh, that would have been nice to. Like That would have been a fun surprise in the movie, right? (laughs) I think that was around the time where I was like, I'm not watching trailers anymore. Probably, (laughs) yes. uh, (laughs) I need my Jai Courtney movies to remain (laughs) unsullied. That might have been the origin of the Jai Courtney motherfucker. Uh, (laughs) Running bit uh, back on the film book the cast anyway uh, yeah might
1: have been uh, but yeah last Christmas also I, I think you know I, I do think Amelia Clark is charming in this movie and like I said I think Henry Golding is also charming in it but I think her protagonist is also like dialed up to 11 just in terms of like the rom-com like tragic figure sort of like the the person who can't get their life together kind of thing just uh, it reminded me of uh, they came together Amy Fuller's character who is like yeah. constantly just stumbling or like falling down the stairs or
0: <laughs> you can say that again uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's the there's the moment where she uh, is in the back of the cab, right? I think she's like drunk or whatever, and she's in the back of a cab, and she's like just spilling her guts to the driver, and then she's like, "Okay, have a good night, Dad." <laughs> and, like it turns out to be her father. <laughs> Which was yes. p- or, like pretty funny. But that made me think of like this is just a heightened rom-com like goof. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean you know, it flashbacks to, like all the terrible things that she's done to her friends every once in a while. And yes. it's like oh you accidentally set your friend's husband shipping a bottle on fire. That actually uh, made me like
0: gasp <laughs> like really big laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I know. know. It's, it's was- pretty good. That's pretty solid. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. And he's like, I forg- I for- I've forgiven the galleon. And she's like, oh, her- for her. she burned her eyebrows off. Her eyebrows grew brack. You know what won't grow back? And then it just hard cuts to her throwing a match on a matchstick galleon. <laughs> uh very funny very good yes yeah that that was pretty good and yeah but j- just stuff like that like there's like
1: if it was like that one isolated joke that I think would be really funny uh but it's couched by like ten identical jokes it just shows how much of a
0: mess this person is. yeah didn't you kill that guy's fish and that it's her like dropping the hair hair dryer in the fish tank? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Um, but Michelle Yeoh is in Last Christmas, Mike. Yes. Uh, and she plays Santa, uh, Amelia Clark's boss, at the Christmas store. Uh, so Amelia Clark works at a Christmas store year-round. Classic yes. Rom-com quirky shenanigans. Yeah, uh, and Michelle Yeoh uh, plays Santa. Santa is not her actual name, which Amelia Clark learns later in the movie. With a
0: pretty good, pretty good payoff to that joke. Right? She's yes. like, Oh, when I, I worked at the pet shop, I was Kitty. When I worked at the bakery, I was Muffin, Muff for short. Amelia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clark, like, uh, like spits her drink out or whatever. Um, yes, very funny. But um, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, she's real good. Did she like make put on like a heavier accent than she normally has? Did you think think that at all during this movie? Um, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I don't I, That's possible for sure. But yeah, she's, she's a good, um, annoyed boss at Amelia Clark. Who's always like on swiper because they can't say Tinder, uh, right. and like texting the boys and looking out the window for Tom who's dead. And I liked all of her interactions and like how dumb and, and weird the shop is. And it's like got the like Christmas monkey and the, a full set of teeth manger, and uh, all like, <laughs> 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 everyone's got this giant smile, uh, and all these just weird Christmas ornaments and chachis and stuff. Um. So yeah, I, I thought she was. I thought I had a lot of fun with Michelle. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think she is uh, the strongest part of this movie. Um, and yeah. I think yeah, you know, she she is very solid as Amelia Clark's boss. Um, but then she also gets like her own side story, like her side romance that's happening throughout the film. Uh, and you know this guy comes in, uh, this Danish guy who um she can't pronounce his name. So she just calls him boy. Uh, and you know he comes in, and it's just like an immediate connection the two of them have. Uh and like there's yeah. like locked eyes and they're like, you know, talking very seriously about like whatever silly tchotchke that he wants to buy at the Christmas shop. And the Clark's watching the whole thing. I think she has a good line about it where she's like, this is like watching a Scandinavian short film or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it but it is just like a, you know it's this like side story that Michelle Yo goes on throughout the movie where she's dating this guy boy, and you every once in a while you hear about how she's doing with boy and all that kind of stuff. And uh yeah, I thought that was very
0: fun. I, I was also a little surprised that it, it felt like, but I, I don't think it's true the like one, of, one of the only like overtly sexual m- characters we've seen Michelle Yeoh play. Like obviously she's a bond girl. So like, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I don't think they, well, yeah, they do at the very end of tomorrow, Never dies, uh, like kiss or whatever. It's, but, it's, it's like implied that later they will, they will yes. have sex. Uh, yeah. and she does say that she has not had sex with boy, but like they talk about it, uh, like overtly say like, Oh, have you had sex yet? And like, well, have you had sex with Tom yet? And like all the, yeah. like they're, you know, and they're like talking about her love life, but she's been in like romance movies and stuff we've seen before, but I don't know. It just, it just kind of stood out to me and being like, oh, huh, wait a second. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I think, you know,
1: it's romance. I mean, she's done romance. Like obviously Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like sort of a grand romance uh, film yeah. between her and Chaya and Fett. Obviously it's also an action movie. You know, Tomorrow Never Dies, there's the Bond girl th- element of it. I would say, I mean, the heroic trio, she is, not that she, um, not that you see her ever have sex, but she is in a relationship, but she falls in love with um, the professor who makes the invisibility robe. And also she's wearing a lot of, uh, you know, sexy clothing in the <laughs> trio. OK, yeah, uh,
0: you're so right. So there's that. <laughs>
1: she's got a red jumpsuit on, like all, all True. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's Wing Chun. Yeah. Which um, I'm not sure if she has sex in that movie, but her sister or her aunt forces <laughs> oh, sex yeah. uh, on people.
0: that's right yeah i don't think we've ever had like a michelle sex scene or anything um but i don't know it's just like it was the thing that stood out to me about this role i was like oh wait a second they're kind of just and maybe it's one of because it's one of the only like you know sort of modern day movies it's not set in the like ancient chinese mythical times or the sino japanese war (laughs) japanese war or anything like that uh so yeah i don't know just something, something I noticed. Yeah, I would, I would
1: say honestly the closest thing that I can think of to what we're kind of talking about here is Memoirs of a Geisha. Um, yes. Which right. is a movie that, um, you know, it's not, she's not actually literally selling sex in that movie but it's like selling sort of the idea of right. pleasure, right? That's sort of the idea, right? Yes, yeah. I think you're right. I <laughs> Forgot about memorization. <laughs> I mean, who could forget about <laughs> that memorization? Like? You're right. Yeah, uh, Mummy Three, the prologue of Mummy Three. I'm <laughs> just looking at the, <laughs> the right. filmography here. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. That's it's not something that gets brought up a lot uh, in Michelle Yeoh's filmographies. So that is a kind of a unique aspect of Last Christmas. Yeah, so it's got that going for it, I yes. guess. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but I think her whole romance with boy is is really charming and fun. And it, it only like takes up like five minutes out of the movie's like hour, 45 minute runtime or whatever. Um, but I, I like the way that, uh, you know, her relationship with Kate kind of grows over the movie because, you know, it starts off, you know, Kate's a bumbling uh, buffoon. She doesn't know how like, you know, she's bad at her job and yeah. she like, is barely hanging on to it. Like Michelle Yeoh wants to fire her and all, all that kind of stuff. And at one point, like the low point is that uh, Kate forgets to lock up. Yes. like She forgets to lock up uh, that night. And so the next day uh, they've been uh, robbed. They've been broken into. Uh, and so Michelle Yeoh has has like this, like this very tearful uh, moment with her and Kate where she says that, uh, you know, like, you obviously left the door open. Uh, I can't believe you've done this. Uh, and I had to smash a rock through the window to make it look like somebody broke in so that I can get the insurance money. So you've also made me uh, break the law. <laughs>
0: Right, what a bumbling idiot uh, Kate is! Right, how much she ruins the lives of everyone around her. Uh, yeah. basically that even even Michelle Yeoh as as stalwart as Santa is. Uh, yes, and who is like stuck
1: stuck by her through this whole time for the most part. Right, um, because I uh, you know Kate I think was a good employee. Like she was a good employee and a good confidant, a good friend. Uh, and then she had her accidents uh, when her like, her heart transplant, yeah. like um, when she was ill. Yes, when, when she was ill. They allude to it, like, just saying when she was sick or when she was ill for a while. And then about halfway through, it's revealed what happened. Yeah. Um, the heart transplant thing. And then about a half hour, 40 minutes after that, then it's revealed that it was Henry Golding's heart, and he's dead. <laughs> and he's dead.
0: Yeah, and that Santa gave her this job through this through this hard time, and Michelle has been, like, allowing her to stay employed even though she's always leaving or coming late or leaving early or breaking stuff because she's not paying attention to what she's dusting and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And there is, there is a little bit of that, like... You're fired. Well, okay, you're hired again uh, thing that they have going. She's a J. Jonah Jameson of Christmas stories. (laughs) Yes, that's – I was trying to remember what that was like, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, (laughs) That kind of thing, so that's fun. And yeah, even even her, she's uh, corrupted, Michelle Yeoh, you know. Uh, And then they have these like cartoon cops that they introduce that are like – I don't know what was going on with Uh, them. (laughs) You know I actually
1: so yeah, they introduced those cops, and they pop up a couple of times in the movie, yeah, um, I did really like the one bit where um they're like the one cop can't say like, "Oh, y'all have Merry Christmas without sounding like really serious, yeah, um y'all have Merry Christmas out you here, it's like it's, yeah, you sound like Jason
0: Statham or something like that, <laughs> something like that It's like it's like, well, he's a great actor, I'd love to sound like Jason Statham, <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. Um, and they're pretty fun it's just like you know people around the town square that they work in and stuff so yeah I don't know this movie this movie could have had like I said the the opportunity to have the like weird Christmas supernatural thing but it, it kind of for some reason seems to mostly stick in like reality like the real like actual real yeah. world stuff without having any of those other uh, conceits and then all of a sudden at the hour and ten minute mark it's like well what if this guy is dead <laughs> All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I also think, I
1: mean, so this is a Paul Feig film and. Uh, Paul Feig is somebody who uh, comes from that kind of like Judd Apatow school of uh, of directors. He made a lot of movies produced by Apatow. Mm. uh, And of course, Freaks and Geeks also produced by Judd Apatow, all that kind of stuff. And I think Paul Feig, like Judd Apatow and like a few of those other filmmakers, um, is very improv heavy uh, in his filmmaking. Uh, And I think that works for some movies. Like I think Bridesmaids benefits from that. I think, you know, other stuff, Spy benefits from that. Uh, I think Last Christmas feels like it. Like there's bits of it that feel pretty improv-y, like the stuff with the cops, you know, that, that yeah. feels like, you know, like maybe they were just kind of messing around on the day and kind of figured out a joke that worked and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I feel like the script doesn't really lend itself to a ton of great, a ton of improv. And so when there is like those kind of improv-y bits, it feels like sort of out of place.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's it. That's the deal. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie, uh, the the reality of the rest of the movie a lot. Like yeah. like it, like it feels, it makes it feel
1: shaggy. I think as a, as a as a result, which is it, which is sort of like the 2016 Ghostbusters, um, which if anything I think should have been. More, I mean, that, that's a weird that's a weird one because there is a lot of there a lot of improv in the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, uh, and I think some of it's pretty funny. And then there's also like this tacked on like you know big climate like big action movie climax at the end of it that yeah. just feels like completely lifeless to me. Um, and I recently—I remember we reviewed this movie, the 2016 Ghostbusters, and we were both like, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both kind of liked it. Um, and I've watched it again. I watched it before Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, actually. Um, Got it. And I think it is better than Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, which is a movie that sucks. Uh, <laughs> a movie that would be way better if it wasn't a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Ghostbusters 2016, kind of like, it's closer in spirit to the original Ghostbusters. Like it it feels Mm -hmm. more in like in line with what that movie actually is, which is just like SNL people messing around and improvising. Yeah. Um, But it is like beholden to like the needs of the franchise uh, and like, you know, the needs of like being a, a big four quadrant blockbuster kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and so it feels like it needs to have that kind of spectacle and stuff and all that just like doesn't work at all for me um, but the stuff where it's just like the four Ghostbusters riffing Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones and also Chris Hemsworth as the secretary he's so yeah. funny in that movie he's
0: so good in that movie yeah uh, like
1: there's there's a lot of really funny stuff in the 2016 Ghostbusters uh, and it's one of those things where it's like man if, if they had let Paul Feig just like run loose a little bit more with it like yeah it could have been good yeah, anyway at, at I, last
0: Christmas anyway last <laughs> Christmas yeah I mean plus there's all also- <laughs> Also, the whole, uh you know, Emma Thompson working for 10 years on a script, <laughs>
1: like right. maybe
0: don't have her in a movie and then improvise the whole
1: thing. You know? <laughs> That's true. I, th- I think she, you know, probably wanted to stick close. It's just it's wild to like watch this movie and be like, this, this is what uh, occupied 10 years of your time. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure she was doing other stuff in that time, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, it just it feels like off and i mean emma thompson doesn't have like a ton of screenwriting credits like she you know she's written a few movies um but not a lot i think the other two like the
0: main ones are really the nanny mcphee movies i don't know i mean and she's pretty good in this movie for what she's asked what she's doing you know she's the the immigrant mother and also this movie is like a post-brexit thing going there's like all about that right like yeah all of a sudden it, so at the weirdly, very end of the movie
1: <laughs> yeah it takes place in 2017 um which is weird because the movie came out in 2019 uh, and that, that like credit comes, that that number comes up and starts off with like a flashback, Yugoslavia, 1999 Uh, already apparently. And you know, I've researched this Yugoslavia didn't exist by 1999. It was two different countries uh, at that, at that point. Uh, So that's weird. Yeah. So they have that like flashback Yugoslavia, 1999, and then it's 2017. And I immediately was like, Wait, this came out in 2019. Why does it take place in 2017? Uh, And then, yeah, there's like one moment at the end of the movie where I think Emma Thompson is watching TV and it's Brexit uh, is happening. And she's like, they don't want us here anymore. And then that's it. That's that's all you get for the Brexit thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's one scene later on where they're uh, where it's uh, Kate, Amelia Clark's like riding the bus and there's these like two people speaking not English Uh, and this like, you know, a guy in a tracksuit gets off, get off the bus, like speak English in my bloody country, whatever, Like some hooligan shit. Uh, and then gets off the bus and Amelia Clark talks to them. I guess they're speaking, you know, Russian or some form of whatever Slavic that they would be speaking in a, in not Yugoslavia, (laughs) I guess. Uh, and, uh, tells them like, don't worry, you're welcome here. Like blah, blah. And they have like a conversation on the bus and like, but, and, and then, yeah, like that's it. And it's like, this feels such a, like such a weird inclusion in this movie. Um, yeah. Like this didn't have to take place in 2017,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, it could have been, I mean, it was the Brexit thing, but also George Michael died in 2016. So maybe they were like, oh, it's, it's sort of about post George Michael's death. Cause again, this is, Heavily inspired by the uh, Wham! song "Last Christmas," right, uh, and it features several Wham! songs on the soundtrack. Which hey, a plus. Really enjoyed that. Uh, you know,
0: who doesn't yeah. love a good rendition of "Faith"?
1: You know, it's it's good stuff.
0: True, and like a couple versions of "Last Christmas," uh, which I didn't know they were covers of that song. <laughs> um, you didn't know then, there were cover songs of uh, cover versions of "Last Christmas." I feel like everyone's covered "Last Christmas." I guess I don't know. Uh, but but uh, it made me think of one of my friends uh, on Twitter. She does this game uh, every Christmas. I forget, but it's just like a wham holla is what you like, you know, Valhalla, but wham, uh, but where you try to go as long as you possibly can without hearing last Christmas in the Christmas season, um and it's always you know at a grocery store or some shit where you yeah. get you get it get sent to wham Hollow you I get whammed saw, you get whammed um so i was i was messaging her like i can't believe it's august that i'm already getting sent to wham Hollow because i have to watch this movie um so there's that if you want to play wham Hollow you lose don't watch this again don't watch yes. this movie should i play the song at the end of this podcast just so everybody gets
1: whammed that's it <laughs> You get us all. Uh, yeah, I just went to the Wikipedia page for the song "Last Christmas" um, just just to see like, oh what, oh, what other cover versions are there? And there's like fifteen like different sections, like Wigfield version, Ashley Tisdale version, <laughs> Crazy Frog version, Cascada version, the Glee cast version, the Ariana Grande version, the Carly Ray Jepsen version.
0: <laughs> you know, it's hilarious the Crazy Frog ringtone in "Talk to Me." Totally unrelated. Yes, weird. weird. <laughs> Ink, mwah, chef's kiss detail. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's very fun watching that. Like I watched it in open captions, so it actually had the parentheses. Crazy frog ringtone. <laughs> nice. That's <was> really funny. <laughs> Which was great. Uh, did you know last Christmas was the most played Christmas song of the 21st century in the UK until it was overtaken by Fairy Tale of New York in 2015?
0: Whoa, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, both songs came out in the 80s, I think. So kind Mariah of weird that Carrey, like, I could
0: never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Like it kind of like both came out in the eighties. So like kind of weird that like in 2015, one of them like yeah. crossed over the other one, you know, that is strange. Huh? But, uh, yeah, both good songs. Uh, Tale of New York, probably my favorite Christmas song. Actually, that movie, that song rules. That is a good um, one. But, uh, yeah, last Christmas, uh, what I, I feel like, oh, I, I, did actually also want to mention like, um, you know, there's hints throughout the movie that, uh, Henry Golding is a ghost. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite one is that he has no idea what frozen is. <laughs>
0: That's true. Uh,
1: cause she's like, uh, she's auditioning for frozen on ice, like an ice show version of frozen. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Oh, what's that? It's like frozen. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I did? Cause he died. Cause he died in like 2012 or something. Right. Like it's supposed to be like, he died a few years
0: ago or a year ago. It's whenever she had the heart trend. I forget what the heart.
1: Yeah, well, Frozen came out in 2013, but he huh. like, genuinely like he has no idea what Frozen is. So I'm pretty sure it's like it. It, it was a couple of years ago that uh, she had the heart transplant and stuff. Okay,
0: but yeah, I did. I did like that and that like the reveal that like oh yeah, his his phone is like literally in a cupboard, and he keeps saying like oh yeah, it's in a cupboard. Like I don't have it with me. It's in a cupboard. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's also that's also
1: a really funny sequence when she goes to uh, his apartment uh, where he has like laid her down to sleep the night before. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, And again, she's just insane none of this ever happened um but but she goes to the apartment i mean i guess it must have because he kept saying he had a phone in there and there was a phone there there was a phone Um, there but she goes to the apartment it's totally empty and there's a realtor there and he's like oh yeah let me show you around the apartment i'm glad you're here and she's like "Ah, what what kind of crazy prank is this yeah (laughs) you know what kind of goof is this yeah uh and then she's like oh the phone's phone's in the cupboard he's been saying that this whole time okay let me go charge it uh it's like oh is that the previous tenants and it's like what do you mean previous tenant it's like oh did he move is he, he out of here and it's like no the previous tenant uh let me check my
0: notes here died <laughs> Yeah, what? and then she falls over yeah uh, yeah and then it's her walking down the street remembering all of the parts of the movie and then it's her alone talk sitting on a park bench talking to herself about how they need to break up um, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on and i kind of wished it seemed like they're hinting that all the benches in that little Th- secluded park are dedicated to other people. Cause right. She gets up at the end and it says it's like dedicated to him. Yes, um, so it like says, our, quote, look up or something. Right? Yeah. It says look up. Yeah. T- Tom Webster or whatever his name is. Um, but like are all those dead other Tom, people like to call him dead Tom are all those other people that are always on the benches also ghosts. Like, is that like a ghost park? <laughs> Like, but it doesn't show you any, that would have been so much more interesting. Like it doesn't show you any of the other benches that have, that they have a plaque on them. Cause he knows all their secrets, right? He's like, Oh, she, this is the person that does this. And right. like, so it's, I don't know. It was just, I was hoping it would be like ghost park. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but uh yeah, that
1: that could be, that, that could very well be. I mean, I did, when, when you see her on the bench at the end of the movie, are there other people in the park, like on the other benches?
0: No, not at the end. But remember okay. when he takes you there for the first time.
1: Right. Yeah. And you see the other people on the benches, like and he's like telling her telling her all about these various like things. Their and secrets. Said, yeah. Yeah. And he says, like, oh, this doesn't leave the park, you know, like that. Yeah. That kind of thing. And then yeah, if there's nobody else on the benches at the end of the movie, that does seem to imply that those might have also been ghosts. They might
0: also be ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's go. Ghost park. Uh, but then it doesn't it doesn't show you any of the other benches. I was sad. Yes. Um, but of course, this is all to further,
1: you know, Kate's uh, personal growth, like, you know, get get out, get her out of her funk, essentially. Right. Uh, and so, you know, she has this romance with Tom who, uh, you know, she's sees once in a while, but he doesn't have a phone. So he comes to her uh, and she gets frustrated when, you know, he doesn't show up and all the, all that kind of stuff, because he's a ghost. He's on ghost time. He, does, he
0: can't <laughs> yeah.
1: he can't show up places on time. That's crazy. <laughs> he's nuts. He's dealing with Beetlejuice in the afterlife. <laughs> I would like to see a, a like version of this movie that showed the Beetlejuice-esque antics that Tom gets up to <laughs> in the afterlife. He's <laughs> just stuck in the waiting room for the yeah, recently like, deceased. Every once in a while, he has to stop into Earth to hang out with Amelia Clark. But otherwise... Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, off doing Beetlejuice things but uh, you know and he mentions that he volunteers at the uh, homeless shelter so she starts volunteering at the homeless shelter uh, and nobody there seems to know who he is right and whoa. that's also, also the thing and it's like whoa if he says he volunteers here why is, why is nobody uh, why does nobody know him he works uh, nights yeah and there's uh, there's this other guy working there who like uh, I don't think the movie ever like starts a romance between him and Amelia Clark but I think it implies that like eventually one will happen after she gets over this ghost romance <laughs>
0: yeah so she gets out of the institution um yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah when he says that like she she says, um she's looking for Tom and he's like, oh like he like it's very helpful for that and like yeah they uh they have a little bit of a chemistry there, um yes, and yeah, and then it and then it turns into like a save the barn kind of thing yeah (laughs) save save the homeless
1: shelter like we're putting on a talent show kind of kind of deal yeah and so uh yeah that that's basically like throughout the movie we've seen her go on these auditions that uh go awfully like just absolutely terrible you know she's late to her audition with Peter Serafinowicz uh and Rob Delaney I think is in that scene also yeah um and yeah she's late to it and Peter Serafinowicz just uh, you know sarcastic and mean and it's very funny (laughs) Um, yeah uh, you know and she can't use her music because everything's shut down so she she has to go a cappella, and she sings terribly because she's not prepared and all all that uh and so that goes badly then the frozen on ice uh, audition goes good at first because she snuck into the uh ice skating rink by herself uh <laughs> turns out yeah <laughs> turns out by herself but she thought she was with the ghost and so she's like able to hang out on skates pretty good but then like really whiffs it on the way out of there <laughs>
0: Yeah, she. They're like, "Oh, yeah, you did really good. We'll, we'll definitely call you back." Uh, and then, as she's skating to the to the door, falls. <laughs> um, yes, and blows it. Uh, and and so yeah, and so she kind of gets fed up with the
1: auditioning process and decides to uh, help the homeless shelter uh, and use her singing talents there. Uh, and so it starts off with her just like parked outside of the homeless shelter, like with a you know change collection bin, uh, right? And it just starts singing. And what do you think she's singing? She sings "Last Christmas," classic.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming, yeah, and then and then eventually more and more uh people that stay at the shelter join her in singing and they're they're raising money that way, and then she has the idea to put on like a a full talent show fundraiser thing. Yes. And this is kind of a fun
1: sequence where they're doing the auditions for the talent show and it's all the homeless people at the shelter and they're all like doing their own individual talents. Uh, And, you know, there's the one guy with like no legs who rolls by on a skateboard. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, there's this one guy who does like a really great Elvis impression and they're all just like, holy
0: shit. Like, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's pretty fun. That's pretty good. And then, yeah. And then they, then it basically ends. Well, so then she outs her sister to their homophobic parents. (laughs) forgot about we, we, have have we should to talk, talk about, about that. that yes
1: absolutely so uh in addition to all of this uh Amelia clark such a mess that uh she's really on the outs with her family as well yes you know she's like kind of screening calls from her mother she doesn't want to talk to her because her mom's just gonna nag her about uh you know oh, you gave up on your dreams and you know you've been so different since your heart transplant and all that kind of stuff and her sister is also like annoyed by her because she uh, is never around for the family and right. that kind of stuff. And she's like, answer your mom's calls, come on. And the dad is the only one who's like, ah, she's doing all right, she's fine, she's my daughter. She,
0: yeah, she's surviving. And then, yeah, they she shows up late to a family dinner that she, like, forgot about. She just happens to come home on that day. Um, yeah. And it's for her sister's promotion at work. Yeah. And they get into a whole heated uh, argument about how, because Amelia Clark is such a fuck up that the sister had to like take on the family burden of like a, becoming a lawyer and being successful. Yeah. And all this stuff, all these expectations. Um, and in Amelia Clark's like rebuttal of like, well, I'm such a fuck up. Where's your girlfriend? Why isn't she ever here with us? And yeah, like, what do you, what's, what's girlfriend? What does that mean? Like, you know, uh, Emma Thompson, uh, as a not Yugoslavian. (laughs) Right. And yeah, it's like a very clearly, they come from a very like traditional Christian upbringing. Uh, they're always singing the folk songs. Yeah. The movie opens with them in a church, like a church choir. Right. Yeah. And there's even the hint of that, like the, the sister, like giving eyes to some other girl in the choir. Right. Or giving, giving each other eyes. And then you get the sense the family disapproves of this. And that like, yeah, like the most terrific thing you could do to somebody. (laughs) Um, and she's they all storm out and everything ruins ruins the dinner, uh, but it's okay. She gives her a bottle of wine at the end of the movie, and that's it. They're all fi- they're all friends again. Now. Yeah,
1: I mean she has an apology montage with everybody that she has wronged um, yes. throughout the course of the movie, and so uh, she gives a bottle of wine to her sister, and it's all fine. Uh, I think there is like a scene where the sister's like, "You can't expect this to work." All right, come on inside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like basically, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but then, yeah, then she has a sequence with like you know throughout the montage, she like. Uh, replaces the ship in a bottle like with, uh, mm-hmm. with like a smaller one like uh i'm not gonna burn this one down like you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like. it's like a goldfish oh, yes then she killed his uh, fish yeah and so she yeah she goes in this like big apology tour for everybody she's wronged as she, and she's like trying to be a better person and like while she's doing all this she's putting together the uh the homeless shelter talent show right uh, and the movie ends with uh ev- everybody that uh, has been in the movie, in her life, except, of course, for Tom, the dead ghost. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Even the realtor that she fainted in front of is there. There's like one is shot really? of him at the party. Yeah. It's like, this is bizarre. Why yeah. would he be there? He shouldn't have been invited.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you guys aren't that close. Uh, but yeah, so everybody that you've seen throughout the movie, including that guy, uh, is there in the audience. And also Andrew Ridgefield from Wham!, which is a pretty big get for Amelia Clark's character, who uh, is a pretty big Wham! fan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but she really she only name drops George Michael uh, throughout in the movie, which is pretty funny.
1: Yes, uh, and it's true. Like you go back to her childhood bedroom, and you see like posters of George Michael everywhere. Yeah, uh, you know, Last Christmas is playing all the time in the Christmas st- shop, obviously, and like when she wakes up, like her alarm clock is set to like wake me up before you go go, and yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. Like there's like it's wham everywhere in Amelia Clark's life,
0: which is weird because she doesn't really talk about it that much. There's the one scene uh at the beginning after the choir scene like when she's like in the bar and she's like standing at the jukebox right and that's when the guy sets they like guy comes over to pick her up basically and he's like oh it's your favorite song blah 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 and she's like you know me and george michael have a lot in common uh, we're both uh, you know angelic voices misunderstood yeah. geniuses in our time uh you know like a bunch of stuff like that uh, but that's really it and then and then it's just wham wall-to-wall wall in the rest of the movie <laughs> right it's it's a lot of wham uh, that you get
1: throughout and yeah i like most of the songs, so i was excited to hear them um but, uh, yeah and then the movie of course ends with her singing last christmas uh at the talent show um, the entire crowd joins in it's a rousing rendition of the song uh and then it ends with her at the park bench and it says in memory of tom look up that kind of thing
0: yeah, Ghost Park. Hashtag Ghost Park. Hashtag Ghost Park. <laughs> Somebody tweet at Paul Feig and ask him. <laughs> is this park full of ghosts?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that is last Christmas. I mean, there's other stuff to uh, get into. I think we should circle back to Yo a little bit uh, and maybe just kind of like put it into context. Like it's... It's interesting that, like, she is uh, kind of doing this kind of movie now. I think, you know, post Mm. Crazy Rich Asians, you know, that kind of gave her a career resurgence. She's popping up in a lot more things. Uh, And so this is another romantic comedy like Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Not nearly as good as as Crazy Rich Asians as I think. Yeah. Um, But it it puts her in a somewhat similar role. Not really antagonistic like in Crazy Rich Asians, but certainly in kind of like a a figure of authority kind of role. Like, you know, the Mm -hmm. person in sort of above the person's like the main character's stature and kind of looking down on them in certain ways right yeah yeah And it
0: is also like a pretty unique role for her at this point too like i don't know i mean there's been lots of like funny movies but like how many like outright comedic roles and performances has she been doing right um yeah in general like and also romantic comedies so yeah it's it's interesting to see her get this chance and and she works right you said feig also does the School for whatever, right? Uh, Yes, The School for Good and Evil, which is a (laughs) a Netflix
1: movie that uh, Michelle Yeoh is in, uh, where she plays Professor Emma Anemone.
0: So that's cool that she seems to have found a collaborator uh, in this kind of stage of her career again, you know, after coming off fifth Yun Woo Ping movie. (laughs) Maybe it'll be... Three more uh, Paul Feig movies before we ever finish this podcast. Um, yeah. I
1: mean, it seems like she's found a couple. I mean, you have Paul Feig here with Last Christmas School for Good and Evil. Also, John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians, um, right. cast her in the uh, the Wicked movie. Uh, and so she's going to be in that. Uh, I would be surprised if the Daniels were like, hey, we got to get Michelle Yeoh back for something. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> for something. right. Um, but it is interesting. So you have this rom-com movie and then the, the next – three or four movies that we're talking about uh are all action adjacent movies so like really? kind of kind of getting back to that but obviously a different version of action movies than kind of what we used to talk about on this podcast right True. uh and so the, ne- the next four movies in the podcast uh this is like the like the outline we're so close to the end of this season
0: <laughs> yeah there's a couple tv things too though right we have to
1: oh yeah de- we got- detour oh. for Yes, we'll have to talk about uh, The Witcher, Blood Origin, uh, mm-hmm. the prequel show, uh, and American Born Chinese also, uh, which is the Disney Plus show. Um, but uh, the next four episodes of the podcast will be, with the exception of maybe a Nicolas Cage VOD movie that gets squeezed in there as well, uh, <laughs> Boss Level, which is a Joe Carnahan action movie uh, on Hulu uh, with her and Mel Gibson.
0: Ugh, yes.
1: <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, which is a Netflix action movie with Michelle Yeoh, Carla Gugino, uh, like a big female led cast. Karen Gillan is the lead of that movie. Uh, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, which, of course, she plays Shang-Chi's aunt in that movie. I want to say, you know, I don't remember. Is it is his mom? Maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll find find out. out. Yeah. Uh, And then everything ever all at once. We're, we're we'll be in 2022 it's it's wow. happening we're, we're in last year when you when you hear that you're like wow you guys are almost done and we kind of are but then 2022 has five episodes um <laughs> she pulled then, in a cage on us and, and then 2023 is gonna have like three or four episodes there, there will still be like two to three months worth of podcast by the time we get to everything everywhere <laughs> wow um but a lot of that's gonna be like everything everywhere then it's like minions 2 <laughs> let's go Pause of Fury, the new Transformers movie where she voices a Transformer. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, so uh, we got we got some stuff uh, on the horizon, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that like you know, she's known for action movies and she stars in continuing to star in action movies, but maybe in like a different capacity than she used to. Uh, but then also has the ability to pop up in these kind of romantic comedies like last Christmas.
0: Yeah, I think. And, and to, um, as more people like in terms of like directors or casting people or whatever that, and let, she talked a lot about following everything everywhere all at once was like, Oh wait, she's got this whole other, you know, talent that we've just sort of not, we've just been ignoring, uh, for the most part all these filmmakers yeah. uh, and here she is getting a chance to do, to be in a, a kind of major supporting role in a romantic comedy and then after following Crazy Rich Asians now this and then you know I guess she'll go back to being uh, in action movies for a while but we'll see we'll see what happens following Everything Everywhere and, and Transformers <laughs> Yeah, I I would be really interested um, to see if like
1: Michelle Yeoh does a more dramatic movie in the near in the near future, Um, because obviously she won the Oscar for Everything Ever All at Once, which is you know it's an it's an action comedy sci fi that movie's everything it's everything yeah Uh, and she gives a really great dramatic performance in that movie but is also giving a great comedic performance and a great like she's doing a lot of different things in that movie Uh, won the Oscar for it and I think. I was just like, it's so weird that like you look at the next several years of her filmography and it's going to be, you know, you have transformers, you have her popping up in the new, uh, hercule, hercule Poirot film. Mm. Uh, you have the two wicked movies, you have her in avatar three and four. There's nothing like low key here. <laughs> yeah. Like true. Like, I think it would be interesting if Michelle Yeoh were to like, take the lead role in like a, like low key, low budget kind of dramedy or something, you know,
0: that'd be fucking dope. um, but i could also see like a a return to like the sung sisters or the lady and just like this kind of like prestige drama attempt thing again uh, right
1: that that's less of what i want although i do like the sung sisters um yeah uh what I, what i want more is like i think more of like a sundance like <laughs> i see know, what you mean yeah indie drama kind of thing like not really a prestige like hollywood picture although yeah absolutely do those too um but uh you know do do everything do whatever you want Michelle Yeoh. but i i think uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just something we haven't really seen her do. Is like kind of team up with a really small movie and like a I really see. like independent film, like a you know? Joe or a Mud or yes, like, <laughs> yeah, like do, doing Joe, like her. What's yeah. what's Michelle Yeoh's
0: Joe? You know, exactly her the Mountain. What? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> just some dark fucked up low key drama thing. Yes, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it.
1: Any other thoughts about Last Christmas, Mike? Before we start wrapping this up, Uh, any scenes that stood
0: out to you that we haven't covered yet? Not particularly. I think I think in talking about it, it doesn't seem like you hate this movie, but you you seem to say you hate this movie. (laughs) Not that I think you like it, but you know, I don't know. There wasn't anything where you were like, "This fucking sucked." I think it's a, a really fun movie to talk about. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, because of how insane
1: the twist is, and yeah, uh, how much fair. how much I think it completely derails whatever the movie is doing. And I don't think the movie whatever the movie was doing is like particularly great up to that point. Mm. Um, but like I said, I think it's like almost charming enough to skate by a little bit. Because like you were saying before, Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, man, they're attractive. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> they they've got some charm to them. Uh, I could see. I could see a version of this that kind of works, um, but it, it, so much of it feels like a parody of other romantic comedies. And then you throw on the twist that he was dead the whole time on top of all that. And it just kind of like really does not work for me at all. Um, I I don't like this movie. I don't hate it, but I, I don't, and, you know, I, I think it takes a lot for me to like really hate a movie. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm somebody who like, I, I, I think if somebody asked me like a movie that I hate, my immediate thought, is the time I saw The Hangover Part 3 in theaters. (laughs) Wow. Um, And the only reason I saw The Hangover 3 in theaters uh, is because uh, Fast and Furious 6 was sold out. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Which I was going to go see, having not seen any of the other Fast and Furious movies at the time, except for maybe the first one. I was going to go in blind and be like, trailer for this look pretty dope. I'm going to go for it. Uh, but it was sold out and so my girlfriend at the time and I uh, went to go see The Hangover Part 3 which was one of the most excruciating experiences I've ever had in my entire life (laughs) truly a dreadful movie a movie that masquerades as a comedy Mm -hmm. it like says it is you know it's a sequel to The Hangover theoretically it's a comedy Um, but in actuality and I do think it's actually a really interesting movie for this reason alone uh, just based on like where Todd Phillips' career went after that like you can feel Todd Phillips being like I don't want to make this, these kind of like dumb comedies anymore. I want to make gritty crime dramas. Like I want to make, whoa, you know, and you know, his next movie was war dogs, which is also kind of like a crime drama, like comedy drama kind of thing. And then Joker, because he can't get a gritty crime drama made. So he has to do it in a superhero movie fashion. <laughs>
0: Incredible.
1: Um, but you can feel it in hangover three where he's like, I I don't want to have any jokes in this (laughs) right you know we know laughs here (laughs) no no laughs here sir uh this is a crime movie first and foremost uh and it's not suited to that at all and I remember really hating it um so that that's like my bar for really hating a movie is the hangover part three uh meet the spartans is also one that like I really had a bad time with (laughs) Alice in Wonderland we know the Mike Smith oh yes yeah Alice in Wonderland which uh ended a relationship in my life (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I was 17 at the time, but like, <laughs> but, still, <laughs> but still, yeah, no, uh, there, there's a few that, uh, I really, really have hated. Uh, and I think in the years since a like, guy, I, I don't, I don't think I can get that kind of passion to hate something, uh, Fair. as much anymore. Um, but I also, if I think I'm going to hate a movie, I don't go see it. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, it's a that's young that's typically game. what I do. Exactly. <laughs> 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 that's typically what I do. And so I went to go see last Christmas partially because, Oh, it's a rom-com. I can go with my girlfriend, but also cause I like Paul Feig. I wanted to go see the new Paul Feig movie. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm a Paul Feig completionist as it were. And, uh, you know, it, uh, maybe that's not a filmmaker that really warrants completionism, but I tend to like his movies. And so I'm like, all right, let's go see last Christmas. Uh, and I didn't hate it, but I was also, I didn't like it. That's uh, fair. You know, and uh, and I thought it was dumb. That's basically what I was like. Yeah, that was dumb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that was dumb. I also wonder, too, like the, you know, this coming out in 2019, kind of the 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 end of the theatrical release golden age, I guess you could say. uh, Yeah. From what it's compared to now. But like the the effort of like getting up and going to a theater and paying money and going to see this movie and it just kind of being fine. Like, that's a, you, that goes into the negative. <laughs> um, if you had just sit on your couch and watched, like, oh, let's see this silly new Netflix Christmas rom-com, and it's this, you'd probably be like, nah, I don't know, 2.5. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. like that's kind of how I felt about it, having not sure. spent money on it at the theater, you
1: know, and all that. Yes. Well, I didn't spend, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the Stubbs A list at the AMC, oh, yeah. so I don't I didn't spend any money. Well, excuse uh. me. <laughs> Even in 2019, I didn't know you were made of money back then. <laughs> <laughs> Back then I had way more money. Rent was so much cheaper in Missoula. That's uh, true. It was great. Uh, I lived like a king on six forty five a month in rent. It was fantastic. Wild. Um but uh yeah, no, it was uh I, I do not like Last Christmas. I don't begrudge anybody for liking it, um, but I do think it's dumb. It's a dumb movie. <laughs> but your taste is bad and stop watching movies. Yeah, it's uh, your taste is bad and you should feel bad about it. Um <laughs> What do the people have to say, Mike? Are there other people like you? Uh, you know, there. I, I think there are more people like you, Mike, uh, oh. than there are like me uh, for this one. But uh, let's get into, yeah, some letterbox reviews uh, for last Christmas here. Here's a three star review from Ellie. Because I am both a terrible cynic and an irredeemable sap, there were a confusing 10 minutes towards the end of the film during which my body was waging a battle between tears and incredulous laughter. Okay, fair uh, enough. Which I, ha- which I have to imagine is the reveal that he was dead the whole time. Yeah. Uh here's another 3-star review from Sophie. Okay, it's not that good, but
0: consider this. Henry Golding hot. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that's a, worth a star on its own.
1: Yeah. Um in a similar vein, here's another 3-star review from Erica. Must a movie be good? Is it not enough to look at Amelia Clark and Henry Golding for nearly 2 hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically uh yes here's a one and a half star review from holly amanda i'm starting to understand why the grinch hated christmas (laughs) uh and i got one more here it's a three-star review from kern can a film survive off pure christmas spirit alone i mean probably not but clark and golding ooze charisma and emma thompson and michelle Yeoh are perfect scene stealers it's like a christmas sweater tacky as hell but warm and comfortable
0: yeah okay sure
1: yeah, there you go. I think it's a, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. I, I get the appeal. Like if you're a fan of romantic comedies, I think this hits all of the beats and like really hits all the beats. I think it goes hits those beats into overdrive. Um, but uh, but they are here. And so if you like this kind of movie this kind of movie's here for you. Uh, Yeah. And it's nice that it came out in theaters and did pretty well. You know, I think it it had a budget of like $30 million uh, and it made like $123 million. So even though it wasn't like well received, like critically, like it did make money and it kind of shows that there is an appetite for these kind of things, you know, Uh, and other kinds of movies should be made. uh, Yeah. I think that's
0: really the takeaway is just make movies,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think really this year, I don't know. I mean, obviously you, you, you have the surprise that Barbie ended up being the biggest movie of the year. And also Oppenheimer has been huge. Uh, one of Christopher Nolan's highest grossing films ever, which is kind of like more so than inception and and like that kind of thing, which is wild. Uh, and so, yeah, both movies have been very big. And so I think there is like a little bit of a sea change happening in terms of like, what kind of big budget movies are kind of getting made. But this year has also seen the release and success of stuff like No Hard Feelings, um, which, you know, is the R-rated Jennifer Lawrence comedy. It's like, hey, an R-rated raunchy comedy in theaters. I missed that. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, it's just nice that it's here. You know, Uh, so I actually never ended up seeing No Hard Feelings. I hope too soon because I've heard it's pretty good. Um, But uh, yeah, just stuff like that that have come out and like done pretty well. Uh, It's like, oh, yeah, there's there's more interesting stuff that's kind of like sprouting up like, hey, comedies and rom-coms and stuff. They can all have their day in the sun again in theaters
0: yeah yeah if only um you know the studios would uh end the strike basically <laughs> uh well that's also true uh get, get the shit together
1: yeah which i have heard so the rumor that i have heard and this is from uh you know an uh, another source is that uh the strike might end soon really? this is all you know conjecture but the strike might end soon because netflix might fold Whoa. Um, because they gotta film stranger things and those kids are getting older <laughs> That's incredible (laughs) Uh, like that. That is actually what might happen um, because uh, the scripts were already written. Like they can film the season. Um, Mm -hmm. They should have writers there to rewrite stuff on uh, on the fly and stuff. But they theoretically could film the final season with just the scripts. But obviously they need the actors. Uh, All the actors are on strike. uh, And if they wait more than like a year. Um, they might not be able to make season five of stranger things because a, like the kids are getting older, but also they're all doing other stuff. Like they're all getting attached to other things. Right. Uh, so it's getting tougher and tougher to nail these kids down. It's like a film, Stranger Things. wild. Uh, so there is, there's talk, uh, that Netflix might fold, uh, like might bow to the strike, um, because, uh, they have to, to film stranger things for its final season. Uh, and because that's like their most profitable thing. It's like what makes them the most money—just Stranger Things merch and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. I hope I uh, hope it works. Um, yeah, that <laughs> power of collective labor. Um, yeah, and I remember that the the Duffers were like the first creatives when the WGA went on strike. They were like, "We're not. We're halting our show." They were like one of yeah. the first major high profile things to to halt production. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Even if the SAG wasn't on strike, I don't think they'd be filming, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's exciting. Hopefully that'll uh, end soon and we won't have to worry about covering, you know, studio movies on our podcasts (laughs) (laughs) anymore. Uh, Exactly. So anyway,
1: yes. uh, Last Christmas. uh, But there it is. Last Christmas, uh, I gave you my heart and made this movie. Uh, Mike D, (laughs) where can we find you online this week? I uh, still
0: should have been the Kaliba version. Um, you can find me <laughs> <laughs> at MD Film Blog on Twitter and letterboxd and at MD Film Blog dot dot on Blue Sky. Um, if you'd like to donate, to support the show, you could do that on our Kofi page, which is ko dot com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is mikeandmikepods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. You can find me online at MSmithFilmLog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film
1: on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. And as I mentioned on Mike and Mike Go to the Movies this past week, uh, a new podcast sort of has been launched, uh, Roxy Radio, uh, where I've been hosting uh, Roxy Radio on 101.5 KFGM in Missoula uh, for the last year or so with my co-host Sarah Ferguson, who also works at the Roxy Theater. uh, And we talk about all the cool stuff happening at the Roxy, all the various programs programming things like you know the month ahead all, what's going on every week uh at the roxy and so now that's available in podcast form you can get it on spotify and soon other places but roxy radio is available for your listening pleasure right now do it get, yes. get it in your ear yes get it get it in your face mouth <laughs> that's, face a line from? <laughs> clone, that's a line from clone high uh oh, okay the uh you, you never made it past episode one of clone high i don't it's think not but, but in episode two of clone high <laughs> I was so close. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, Clone High, new seasons on HBO Max. It's great. Go watch it. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. It's Mike DeCriscio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W-R-K-S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts with all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen. who can reach for your own podcast themes at kilespodcastthemes at And our logo was designed by Mac V or at fearless guard on Twitter. Join us in the next week in complete works where we are jumping into the 2020s with Joe Carnahan's boss level. Yeah, it's, it's happening. We're, we're like, we're going to have to figure out who season four of the podcast is going to be soon. Pretty soon. Tweet at us your suggestions, I guess,
0: because, yeah, we got to know. It's coming yeah. up soon.
1: I've recently had some ideas. I've got I've got, I've got I mean, I've, I, I never deleted my like list from last time. <laughs> ah, I see. Uh, so I've been adding uh, names to it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's like 30 plus names deep at this point. I have like four or five that I'm like pretty like into. Uh, OK, so right. we got we got some stuff. It's got some stuff brewing. I'm just saying who, yeah. who wouldn't want to hear a Parker Posey. Podcast. Whoa, is that allowed? Oh, I guess, yeah, there's a season
0: in between now. It's there's a allowed. season in
1: between. So we could do one, theoretically. But uh, yeah, Parker Posey, Michael Keaton, anyone? Whoa, crazy. Okay. Winona Ryder? Oh, she was in the running last time. <laughs> she was she was <laughs> possible yes but yeah there are a lot a lot of options uh, to throw out there so uh yes that'll be happening soon so yeah keep uh keep tuned to see who may be season four of the complete works i mean that'll be a few months from now don't worry about it right yeah, now yeah, yeah. uh yeah next week boss level uh and remember to check out our other podcast. mike might go to the movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff including recent releases ranked lists general discussions and a lot more so thanks so much for listening guys and thanks for taking it yo